And welcome, my name is Matt Mayer, aka The Implications, columnist of the Imps Adventure series on LawsOfPain.net, and your Perfect 10 wrestling host right here on Laws of Pain Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at the Dab Implicat. And this week it is once again time to run through Network Wednesdays, NXT UK, another double bit double bill episode, NXT itself and Tour of Five Live. And I've made loads of notes for the first time, including actually the four horsewomen's names. <laughs> so I'm gonna bloody get their names for the first time. Uh, but anyway, uh, this is kind of the new format for the Perfect Ten Wrestling I've been trying out for the last few months. Mostly because I got sick of Raw. <laughs> and it, yeah, for me to cover Raw, I'd have to watch Raw. And I don't want to do that <laughs> at the moment. And especially, uh, just want to say that I did jump into Raw uh, at SummerSlam after taking another break. Uh, and now I'm on another one. <laughs> so, yeah. Turns out, WWE's product... Uh, I did a column on this last week. Uh, WWE's product is actually really good... If you completely ignore Monday Night Raw, that's just my advice. Raw is the oddity, not everything else. That is the only one that's at this really questionable quality. Everything else, perfectly fine. Smackdown was brilliant this week, really enjoyed it. NXT was great as well. Two NXT UK shows, I am biased obviously towards those. And 205 Live was as quality as it normally is. So it's just raw. <laughs> so if you are feeling down on WWE, WWE, my kind of response to that, my suggestion is stop watching raw. That is the own. Uh, you can, if there's something interesting, that's the kind of that's how the internet really helps you nowadays. Uh, because I wanted to see what on earth was going on with uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. I knew there'd be a video on YouTube, so I just went to that. <laughs> so I have watched Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose's bit on YouTube. But I've not watched. I wouldn't say I've watched raw. <laughs> I've watched one segment that caught my interest. That's it. Because it, it dawned on me. I was like, I know, <laughs> I know this is meant to be. We're talking about the network show. It's meant to be a really happy show. I'll just say, uh, it was dawning on me when I was watching Raw that I was only looking forward to the Rousey stuff. Cause, mostly because that linked to the bigger picture in terms of like WrestleMania with her doing Lynch or Charlotte or whatever. Uh, so she is an interesting character. So the Rousey stuff and the uh, sorry, uh, the Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins stuff, they were the only two segments on the entire show I actually cared about and everything else was just not even close to really mattering to me. <laughs> so it was just blare. So what was the point of watching such a long show when I can just not watch it and if it looks interesting enough to watch the little highlight thing on YouTube, I will. So that's my suggestion. Do that. You'll have a much better week. I've had a fun week of wrestling. So, yes, anyway, we're going to run down the four Network Wednesday shows, or wonderful Network Wednesdays. So we're going to be starting with NXT and ending on NXT UK. I tried this out last week. I kind of liked it. Oh, and side note, uh, <laughs> before I jump in, uh, I am doing New Japan for Wrestling stuff column-wise. So I might do a thing... Either the week of Wrestle Kingdom or... Because the week before, I'm doing a special with Burn to do with the uh, like awards for the year. But I am busy the week before, so I won't be able to do like a preview. But of course, the Kingdom of Honor guys will have you covered. But I might do a post-show. I might see if I could get uh, Sam in. <laughs> so, if he's listening to this, I've not actually suggested anything to him. <laughs> so we'll see if he actually can. He has got a newborn child, so maybe not. Anyway, uh, so yeah, my point was, look out for that New Japan column. Uh, it's, I'm doing a thing. I don't want to give away too much, because if you followed me last year and you saw what columns regarding Wrestle Kingdom I put out last year, I'm pretty much doing the same thing for this one. Uh, but until it's really in a finished format, <laughs> I'm going to post it. I don't want to go, oh yes, I'm posting this column this week. Because <laughs> I've done that too many times to know 
quite often stuff happens and it never gets posted. <laughs> so I'm not saying anything. This is the kind of column that requires work. <laughs> so I'm going to see if I can get it done first before bloating about it. Uh, so I've learnt. I'm learning. I'm getting smart. Anyway, let's go on with the actual show, shall we? NXT results courtesy of J. Cool on the Lords of Pain site, if you want to go to those results. We start with Matt Riddle versus the debuting Punishment Martinez, who is, yeah, I was really, when I first saw him in Ring of Honor, I was like, ah, he he looks athletic enough, but he's kind of, he feels like a kind of guy where there's something not clicking, even though he's pulling off really amazing stuff. By the end of Ring of Honor, I was, I'd call a fan without being like, oh my God, you need to see this guy. I was just a fan, I kind of liked his stuff. So him getting signed by NXT, I thought was a good move. He's a big lad, he's athletic, so (laughs) he'll fit right in. Uh, uh, Martinez did look strong in this debut defeat, which is kind of a normal thing in NXT, where they're perfectly. Some guys are perfectly fine to lose that first match; they'll get built over time. <laughs> so building them over time, what a thought! <laughs> it's just what a genius idea. Uh, in the end, Riddle won with a submission, uh, but the story was post-match. Uh, Riddle was on the ramps, uh, taunting, celebrating towards the crowd when Cassius Ono walked up behind him, and bam, down he goes, falls down, rolls off the stage. Uh, so he rolls off the ramp and Cassie's owner just walks off kind of smiling whilst uh, Riddle gets checked on. So again, a good debut for Punishment Martinez. He looked he looked good in defeat, which is something that <laughs> it's something that in NXT makes all the sense in the world, but if they did that exact same thing on the main roster, you'd, you'd see folks shitting, shitting all over it. But the nature of NXT, that's a fine thing and it works. <laughs> it's, it's odd to explain that a big debuting superstar losing is fine. Because they're pushing somebody else, and you know he'll get his push in time if that's the intent. So why is the worry? It's called trust. <laughs> if you don't trust someone, you criticise everything they do. It's kind of like the one, uh, like Eric, Eric Bischoff. I can't believe say his name. Eric Bischoff. <laughs> kind of like what he was saying with when business is good, you can do no wrong. When business is bad, you can't do anything right. That's what I feel like with the main roster of WWE. Even if something's good, it seems to get criticised harder than it would in comparison. To if everything is good. My example is uh, Ambrose Rollins. I reckon if the rest of the show was to a higher quality, more people would be fine with the kind of quality that Ambrose and Rollins is. But because the quality is bad and therefore all of your hopes lie on this being good, <laughs> making this worth your time, then when it's kind of at the slow pace it is, slow pace where they are clearly trying to figure out the Ambrose character as well, that, that kind of hurts... Because the show overall isn't good, therefore your hopes fall on that, and then you look at that more harshly than you would if everything else was good. Which is that's that's kind of how I'm feeling about it. With NXT, they can do stuff like this where they debut a big guy, Punishment Martinez, but you've got the trust there. Business is good. (laughs) NXT is a hot brand at the moment, so you trust them pushing Riddle and using Martinez to push Riddle because you know Martinez's time will come if he's destined to have it. (laughs) Just it's trust. Ah. Uh, after the match, uh, we go to uh, a VTR Ricochet, who's bouncing about backstage with interviewers, and he's got his uh, North American Championship over his shoulder. Um, he says he's being interviewed, and then he says he's uh, popping off to Regals to see who he's facing next week. So next week, Ricochet's going to be having a surprise opponent. So it's a surprise at the moment. I don't know if it's announced. I don't know anything. I don't know if there's a debut I don't know about, or just a big match of returning someone I've completely forgotten about. Uh, either way. I'm excited to see the surprises next week. Awesome. I think I've done a good job. I know one spoiler. I hope this isn't the spoiler I've seen. <laughs> but, yeah. 
I do quite well to keep away from NXT spoilers. So I can do this with honest, actual <laughs> surprises when I was doing it. After that, we go straight to another VTR on uh, Heavy Machinery. Uh, they pretty much say they ain't leaving NXT without winning some gold. So, yeah, that will be addressed at a later time. Uh, which then takes us to another little video thing. We have these in NXT where you get a match and then just a slew of pre-recorded stuff and then do another match. Uh, you get a tweet shown from William Regal uh, pretty much saying that in three weeks there will be a fatal four-way to determine the number one contendership for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, the winner goes to Phoenix. Uh, NXT TakeOver Phoenix. I was trying to make... I'm going to Phoenix. <laughs> trying to make that a thing. <laughs> uh, Bianca Belair qualified at a live event. Beating somebody. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. Uh, the other three will be revealed over time. They weren't on this show. <laughs> just, as I say, just to say, don't expect me to reveal if you've not seen NXT. Don't expect me to reveal who it was. They, they don't. Uh, next up, Humperdink. Ah, that's what I've been calling these guys. <laughs> ah. Again, Engelbert Humperdinck, no idea if America knows who that is. It's a funny name. <laughs> uh, but I've been calling it the team Humperdinck because one of them is called Humberto. <laughs> That's enough for me. <laughs> I don't need any more than that. Uh, Humberto Carrillo versus uh, Raul Mendoza versus Raul, and Raul Mendoza versus the Forgotten Sons, uh, who are Cutler and Blake with Riker at ringside. Riker, a.k.a. Gunner, Blake, a.k.a. Blake and Murphy. Cutler, I'm assuming we've seen him job. <laughs> that's, the, that's the date of his NXT. Uh, Creed and Mendoza do some nice tandem offense. I think there was a nice hurricane run off the top rope and whatnot. Uh, but the big motorbike lads hit them hard. I think, are they meant to be... The idea behind Forgotten Sons is they're kind of former veterans. And they've got a bit against society after being left behind a bit. It's an interesting story. It's just that I, I find them a bit boring. And as soon as I see them, I'm like, yeah, biker dudes. And I find biker dudes boring. Unless it's Sons of Anarchy, I like that show. <laughs> tangent. <laughs> Thought about more tangent. Um, in the end, uh, the Forgotten Sons won with a second rope stomp slash Stropian death drop. So he's got him in the hold and then stomp on the top rope. Uh, by the Forgotten Sons and Carillo. On Carillo. <laughs> this is me not being able to read my notes. Yeah, he hit the move on Carillo, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and they got the win. It ended in about four minutes, according to J. Cool. Uh, but yeah, it was a. It was a fine match. It's one of those where I preferred the folk that I knew were going to lose. Mostly because I've given them the childish name of Humperdink. <laughs> but I really like them. I really like Humberto and Raul. <laughs> I think they're really good. Forgotten Sons, I, I'm not a fan of these kind of gimmicks. I find them boring. That's just my personal thing. Never. Whenever I've gone back to the Attitude Era, I've found the What's It dudes. <laughs> those, those biker people. <laughs> I've found them boring as well. I, I don't like... I've never found biker gimmicks interesting... Except for the one, <laughs> which is the Undertaker. Like he was the only time he's done a biker thing which I actually found interesting. I can't really think of another one. Did, just was Chuck Balombo interesting? I don't know. I, was, I think I was like thirteen when he debuted. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, re-debuted, sorry. As the biker thing, I don't know if, it, if I found it interesting or not. Uh, that's, I'm going down a tangent, aren't I? Uh, uh, we'll say in this match the low light was a really long chin lock. Uh, A.K.A. the raw main event awaits you, lads. <laughs> this is yeah. Uh, they I find them boring, but uh, I that's just a personal thing. There could be a gimmick that I'm never going to get over in NXT, but they could do fine on the main roster. But everything about them is screaming that it's just just not quite right. I don't know. I find them a bit boring. It's not clicking for me. Yeah, that's just a personal thing. But I do really like Humberto Carrillo and Raúl Mendoza. 
Go Team Humperdinck. <laughs> Please other people use that. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, after that, we've got Kathy Kelly interviewing Velveteen Dream, who doesn't respond until he clicks his fingers to make the lights go all ambiance, dark purple, with his theme playing, playing softly in the background. Uh, Kelly asks what's next for the Dream. Uh, he says everybody's talking about him, singing his name, or as they say, Dream Over. Uh, pretty much says he aims to keep it that way. Uh, he doesn't say those words, but that's pretty much what he's saying. Like, dream's over, people are talking about him, he's not going to have that stop anytime soon. Kind of setting him up for a match for Phoenix, but we don't know what. It's felt in Dream, he's been featured pretty much every takeover since. Was War Games his first one, unless he was also at Brooklyn? I feel like he was at War, War Games 1 last year. I feel like that was his first one. Either way, yeah, he's become a staple of NXT TakeOver, so be, it's becoming the Velveteen match, which for me, this personal thing. Uh, I expect him to be on the main roster either after WrestleMania or after SummerSlam, or it'll be next WrestleMania because he's become such a staple of NXT and he is young, and nobody wants to see him get ruined yet. <laughs> so just wait until the Fox, Fox deal starts and figures itself out. <laughs> just Velveteen Dream is really, really good. Uh, after that, we got an Undisputed Era promo. Uh, Bobby Fish, it's all four of them sat in a room where you got them cut into the cameras of each other with the cool, with their cool music playing in the background. Uh, NWO style, in a way. Uh, Bobby Fish addresses EC3. He asks EC3 uh, just how far he's willing to step into the deep end because those waters are infested with sharks. Yeah, that's a sentence. <laughs> uh, it's, it sounded cool when he said it. It didn't when I... Maybe it was the music... Uh, maybe I should put some und- just light, cool music in the background for these shows. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, Roderick Strong gloats about injuring the War Raiders. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly brings up heavy machinery, uh, but he says they've never defeated the Undisputed Era or faced anyone like. So I'll try that again. <laughs> they've not faced anybody like the Undisputed Era, even though they got undefeated streak. But that doesn't mean anything. They've not faced anyone at a certain level, and they aren't at Undisputed Era's level. Uh, after this, we get a direct uh, story up story. Get direct update on the injury on War Raider Hansen. It turns out he's broken his ribs. He's got a ruptured spleen, torn ligaments from the War Games match. So you're not going to see the War Raiders for a while. Legit or not? If that's not legit, that's a good way to kind of write them off wisely, give another tag team a spotlight. Uh, but if it's a genuine thing, then that sucks. It'll be out for a while. Uh, next up, Shayna Baszler versus Dakota Kai. Non-title match. Uh, Baszler walks down to the ring with her fellow horse lady friends uh, Jessamine Duke and Marina Chauffeur <laughs> bloody got them made a note finally got their names well done me took me weeks to remember to do that uh, so uh, Baszler's tactic is basically go straight for the arm uh, she goes to contort the arm uh, and go and stamp on it uh, Dakota Kai escapes at the last second but she can't avoid Shayna instead just snapping the arm back as in just lying next to her and snapping it back uh, Kai, uh, Kai kind of fights back and she knocks down Baszler with a jumping kick. Uh, top rope foot, double foot stomp. Uh, Baszler kicks out. Uh, then towards the end of the match, a step, a step up Enzigiri from Baszler as Kai's on the top rope. She's going to hit something, but nope, Enzigiri to the head. Uh, followed up by a gun wrench superplex. Uh, the fans are going mental at this point. Uh, Kai <laughs> grabs onto Baszler's right hand, swinging her leg with like kicks to Baszler's head. She runs off the ropes, Basil involves and trips her, and into the going through the clutch. <laughs> Immediate tap. Yeah. More detailed thing. A mixture of my notes and Jekyll's. <laughs> yeah. I realised halfway through, oh shit, I've not done an edit to make mine and his work actually good. <laughs> but oh well. Uh, 
but yes, it turned that match. Uh, the, fa- it, the fans got really behind it, which was kind of awesome to see. Uh, especially as they're probably expecting Baszler to kind of destroy Kai, and by the end of the match, they got a actual more a match where there was a bit more offensive Kai than expected. Uh, it's one of those decent shows from Kai. Expect aside from like in the past, as Rich and James would put it on their show, uh, in the past he's been made to look a bit like a nerd. <laughs> it's just that like, it's hard to been hard to take her seriously, and stuff like this will probably help. Where she puts in a good showing, then gets defeated, or she fights back and whatnot. And oh, and of course, post match is the beatdown. Uh, Aisha Rai comes down to help them out, and she kind of evens the odds all by herself. No sane needed. Aisha Rai is that good. <laughs> That's the lesson here. Uh, Right, speaking of people who are good, promo for Dykovic. Go get him, Dom. Dominic Dykovic's uh, promo. Uh, he's just shortened to Dykovic now. Where I did feel like Dominic Dykovic would be too much for WWE, so just Dykovic. Yeah, I think he's Croatian. That's the Dykovic. Uh, yeah. Anyway, main event time. It's not a match. It's a main event promo. Uh, champion Champa returns to full sale with something to say. Uh, he says he exposed the mystique and turned the dream into a nightmare. Uh, the people refuse to accept him as champion. He calls out specific fans in the audience saying that they don't believe him. He even calls out Manalo. The camera panned to him and it was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, he didn't believe in him, but Mamma Mia, here he stands. Uh, talking about children growing up to study his work. But just talking about how great he is. <laughs> um, uh, of course, and he brings up the fact that he's the 2018 Sports Entertainer of the Year and... Assuming, assuming his leg is going to go on and say the same will be, it'll be the same for 2019. But before we can hear that, the lights go out, electric guitar chords sound, Alistair Black's theme plays, a novel smoke and whatnot, uh, and he gets a big chant. But before he can say anything, oh, that's not bot. I'm a complete idiot. I've jumped ahead of my notes. <laughs> uh, yeah, he stirs at Champa, uh, and then he says that he absolved Johnny Gargano of his sins. Oh, he's got cool spikes on his. Jacket, unrelated note. I just remembered the visual when I was talking about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, he absolved Johnny Gargano of his sins, uh, sins that Champa himself created. Then he accuses Champa of not really being a champion. Uh, Champa is the original sin, and he will be absolved too. Uh, a black state that he wants a rematch at Phoenix, which is when Johnny Gargano's music hits. He walks down the ramp. Uh, Gargano says that uh, he says the whole there. Uh, Hold up on the title match. <laughs> Thanks for the uh, absolution, but the feud's not over until he says it's over. Uh, Champa keeps interjecting in this kind of stirring the pot. He's stirring the sauce. <laughs> in the, and oh, the important part I forgot to say. Um, Alistair Black uh, called Champa the puppet master. And then we got to immediately see that in play, like right after. <laughs> Champa seemed to like being called the puppet master. And then immediately after, we get to see him play that role. Uh, Pretty much trying to get Alistair Black and Joey Gargano to agree to a cage match instead of facing him. So I don't know any spoilers, <laughs> but they do agree to the cage match. But I don't know any spoilers, but I would like to see this match on NXT. And then you do get both of them and put into a title match so it's a triple threat become Phoenix. That's my personal preference. <laughs> but yeah, the Puppet Master pulled his strings and we got a steel cage match. And the NXT arena loved that idea. Good for you. <laughs> Uh, and that's the end of NXT this week. That's how we ended the show. Balls. <laughs> I did forget one important thing. The actual note that ended the show. Everybody walked off. I mean, Gargano walked off staring at them. Everybody agreed. Uh, then Alistair Black, instead of like just... And they went to kick Johnny Gargano, who evaded it. That's how he got onto the rope, uh, thing. 
<laughs> but before then, uh, after then, sorry, Alistair Black hits Champa instead with the Fate of Black, whatever it's called, the Black Kick thing. Black Mask! <laughs> oh, first off, I forgot about that bit. Secondly, I forgot what order things happened. Then when I was trying to say, I can't remember the names of things. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well done me. <laughs> that is professional coverage. Even with notes in front of me, I just skipped ahead of them by accident. <laughs> that was brilliant. Uh, and a perfect way to lead into a professional advert, which is read correctly. <laughs> so in, enjoy this break to kind of fund Laws of Pain Radio. After we return, I'll be covering 205 Live and NXT UK. So, in a bit, listeners. Ten. Imp is back, everybody. <laughs> uh, I need a... Because I've got a stinger, I need an actual thing I say when I come back. <laughs> Feel free to hit me up with suggestions at the Dem Implica. I just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need a good coming back from break thing. This says the 10. And I've got the... I've got the... Kind of every time I want to do mi- mimic it. <laughs> but then I've still got to start my point of it again anyway. Oh, I'll think of something. Anyway, 205 Live results courtesy of Clive, of the Viking Clive Show on Laws of Pain Radio. I'll try that again. On Laws of Pain site. Uh, we, and we start off with Drew Gulak versus Kendrick. Both guys uh, assisted by folk. Uh, Gulak's got Gallagher, Kendrick's got Sour. Uh, yeah, a back and forth match. And of course, you've got the influences on the outside, so you're waiting for that to happen. Obviously, it does. Uh, in the chaos, Kendrick manages to hit a sliced bread, and he has the match won. And that's when Gallagher finally interferes and jumps in, and the beatdown begins. Uh, Tazawa tries to save him, doesn't really work out. And in the end, yeah, in the end, they both pose to the cameras in their victory. That was good, I can get a good posing. I, <laughs> and I've also mimed a pose. I've done the Edge and Christian thing with the... Yeah. <laughs> the five-second pose. Uh, <laughs> why did I do that on a radio recording? Nobody knows. But yeah, a decent starting match. As you tell, not many notes, because it was it was decent, it was fine, it was a good opener. A fun opener, I guess. Uh, yeah, good match, but nothing spectacular. <laughs> it's an opening thing. It's another addition to the feud, because so far, every single one of their matches has had an interference of some sort. So this was... This wasn't another, oh, look at this amazing match. This was a, this is another note in their story that is building. And every week, little things are getting added. So that's nice. A storytelling being told over time in the lower cards has got nothing to do with the title. You just don't see that on Raw. <laughs> it was like, yeah, folk, away from the main event, away from the title, they still matter. And NXT, and 25 Live, or I was going to say NXT, but yeah, they all get it. Every show that's not Raw understands that. <laughs> and Gulak and Kendrick's rivalry, which is incorporated, uh, Gallagher and has incorporated Tazawa, it kind of fits and it works and it's slowly evolving. The pieces are coming together. You're enjoying it. Uh, after that, we got something a little bit more important. <laughs> Jake Maverick sat down with, to chat with Buddy Murphy. Uh, the GM announces the next contender for Buddy Murphy is Cedric Alexander, which is pretty much the entire point for the thing. And Buddy Murphy, he's like, fine, cool, yeah. And off he pops. <laughs> so a few people on Twitter didn't seem to be happy that Cedric Alexander's getting another shot my personal view I, I, I prefer him to get a shot now because you're pretty certain he's not winning therefore you, you get his number one contendership out of the way and he himself would have to earn his next opportunity which creates a scenario for more character growth or he loses and he doesn't take the loss as well as Mustafa Ali does we don't know which one it's going to be uh, I can't remember if it was next or if it was after the match so I might as well say it next uh, Mustafa Ali then cut a promo by himself to talking straight to the camera uh, pretty much stating that he will become champion it doesn't matter who holds the belt he doesn't really care he's going to become champion whether the holder is friend or foe obviously addressing the fact that he, a friend in Alexander is his opponent so yeah we also got an interview with Cedric Alexander who 
seems to try to feign like like a jokey thing, like he's saying, "Oh yeah, like, I'm going to beat the crap out of Ali or something." And this was in a recap, sorry. I'm going to beat the crap out of Ali, and then he's like, "No, I'm just I'm just kidding." But he didn't change tones. I just changed my tone there. <laughs> he said it in the exact same tone, exact same way, like he was memorised from a script rather than, you know, being like you have to change your tone for how you say this <laughs> kind of thing. That didn't happen. So the Alexander just said it all in the same tone, and he goes, "No, I'm kidding." Is that? Well, I couldn't tell. <laughs> he said it in the same way, <laughs> both the "I'm kidding" and the actual thing. Like you can't be too convincing. Put on a jokey voice. That's <laughs> the so one thing I always tell people: if you're doing a jokey sentence, at least put on a voice or something, or on the follow-up is when you put on the voice. Don't say them in the same tone. <laughs> it's so confusing. Uh, maybe it's an America thing. So the actual next up match was Arya Davari in his return match versus Jobby the Jobber. Yep, it's Davari's turn to take on Jobby the Jobber. He probably had a name. I didn't write it down. Uh, also during this match, we saw Hideo Itami nodding at a television backstage. Assumably he was happy about something. Uh, it was yeah, Davari just dominated the match, and in the end, he hit his close his new Colos line finisher thing, which is easy for me to say. Uh, but then he picked his opponent up and hit clothesline after clothesline after clothesline after clothesline after etc etc. Uh, in the end, the referee stopped the match. So a really dominant display for Davari, and oh, dominant display for Davari wasn't that a newspaper headline? <laughs> uh, but yeah, the story is uh, Hideo Itami and Davari will they team up? Will they be friends? Oh, mystery, but probably yeah, cool. They seem to be building up quite a few tag teams. Will we get those cruiserweight tag team championships? Wouldn't that be funny if we got those before we got the women's? <laughs> with all the stuff, they're all the hype with the women's one, and they just, they just aren't pulling the trigger and doing it. They seem to be giving hints and hints and hints constantly, uh, and they don't seem to be doing it. But they did the cruiserweights first. Oh. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, I feel like I'm missing something, but I'm going to jump straight to the main event now with the Lucha House Party versus the Canellis and TJP, uh, aka the Oh No, Not on the Pinatas. This was interesting. Also, 205 Live understands you, with the uh, Lucha House Party, you have two of them in a match because that makes it a tag match. <laughs> I don't understand what they're doing on Raw. What I've, what I've seen of the stuff is, like, are these meant to be... They beat up, apparently they beat up the Revival this week and they're meant to be the faces. And because you can tell, Normally you can tell what the purpose is or what it's meant to be behind the commentators talk. And they've had the face commentators perfectly for a handicap match because it's Lucha House Party Funky Rules. <laughs> but then it's the revival going, no, but no, that's a handicap match. How is that fair? And they're meant to be the heels. And they're like, no, I'm with you, revival. <laughs> How is this meant to be fair? Like, I like the flippy stuff and the tangents they make up with all their flippy stuff, but that still doesn't make it fair, referee. Oh, oh. <laughs> what is this? Oh, and also this story that. Uh, Baron Corbin said that he's not the one that uh, said, he said it wasn't me I didn't do it I didn't decide to make it say that the house party rules are a thing uh, to which his immediate response is well who did then because <laughs> there's only two people who could go above his station and that would be Stephanie McMahon or Vince McMahon <laughs> unless there's another person on the board the board decided to do it just a mystery face which you never see yeah, the board are good for that <laughs> if you need a plot kind of gap to fill just say the board said to do it oh, no one questions it <laughs> the characters you never see you never hear about they seemingly don't exist until plot needs some higher power <laughs> and they go into play it's a genius get out of, get out of jail free clause <laughs> highly recommended <laughs> for Monday Night Raw just to use a get out of jail free clause anyway uh, back to this actual match it was actually really fun I really enjoyed it 
Uh, it wasn't a uh, like mind-blowing, awesome, five-star, you need to watch this 205 Live main event, but it was a really fun main event with lots of chaos, lots of kickoffs, lots of reversals, lots of top-rope flippy stuff, and lots of nonsense. <laughs> we'll start with the nonsense. So there was the... It had, so the Luchas, for some reason, had a Santa stack, and they got the Santa stack and put it in the ring. Dorado emptied it, and it was little piñatas. Lots of little piñatas. <laughs> And they poured them onto the floor, and it's kind of the spot of, like, they're going to get slammed onto them. So, kind of like a joke. Like, it used to be thumbtacks, but this is PG, so you get pinatas, little pinatas. Uh, and they were teasing slamming onto it and avoiding, and in the end, uh, TJP got slammed onto them from the top rope. Uh, and then there was another spot where they brought the pinata in, then I think it was given to Maria, <laughs> or Maria grabbed hold of it somehow, and then... Then they took it back and she started shouting at the luchas, like, give me back the piñata, give me the piñata, give me it now, give me it Matt now. And then they just threw it at her head. <laughs> she got knocked off. <laughs> it's like, that is your first sign of uh, the male-on-female violence at a lower level <laughs> in WWE. They're slowly slipping that in. They're not. <laughs> That's another thing. The, the investors would never stand for it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so then Bennett kind of tries to help out as well and he ends up just, no, fail... <laughs> that was an interesting spot and this all kind of led in the end to uh, Bennett going flying over the top rope and then uh, Dorado and Kalisto superplexing TJP onto the piñatas uh, then I think was a, oh yeah that's when Bennett uh, Bennett that's his actual <laughs> that's when Ganellis jumped in and uh, broke up the pin after that but then after that we got more chaos uh, in the end Kalisto was able to hit a Selena de Sol and Lizzo Dorado hit a shoot star press for the win really fun match really enjoyed it not an epic, oh my god, this is on the level of Ali <laughs> versus Buddy Murphy. That was amazing. Like, no, it was just a really fun match. Really enjoyed it. Get the crowd hyped and ready for SmackDown, which was also good. So we did its job. Right. Now on to the two hours of NXT UK. As I said before, I like NXT UK. I'd also like it to be one episode a week. I've only got so much time in the week. <laughs> uh, I will put a little thing that uh, this time last year... I suspiciously started doing specials. Ooh. So a little bit of a warning. Every week I will try and do this and cover everything. However, that's not likely to happen over Christmas. So I will try my best. So next week might be like the last time I'm able to do it this year properly. Again, yeah, keeping in mind that this year is only like three weeks left. <laughs> so it's not that big of a, oh no, you won't be able to do it for ages. Uh, I'll try next week, but that's when the stuff will already be starting to get Christmas hectic. So I'll try my best. I just There's a likelihood I won't have enough time to watch four hours of wrestling in a day. I'll try my best. And it's also already confirmed for the episode I've got on the 27th of December. I'll be doing a special with Burn, uh, which is the yearly rewards for WWE going back over stuff. I should be doing an accompanying column uh, going of kind of presenting the Jokey Awards. Just a, a bit more light-hearted entertainment of, around everybody else's serious ones. <laughs> I'll be like talky bit of the year. And silly stuff for like sign of the year. Oh, I can't be asked. <laughs> uh, I said sign of the year, then realised I haven't made a note of sign of the year, and I'm not going back through Raw to find the signs. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> not burning that amount of effort. I put my effort into New Japan instead. Uh, anyway, for the first episode of NXT UK, uh, yeah, I was just saying my my personal wish. I wouldn't mind if this was one episode a week. Two is maybe a bit too much. <laughs> to be fair, having NXT NXT UK and Two Five Live, we're already getting to that territory of this is a push <laughs> three hours for Raw two hours for Smackdown three hours on Wednesday as well I've only got so much time in a week ah. so anyway 
we start off our first episode of NXT UK with the folk who are no longer called the Scottish Bastards. They've now got a name. They're called Gallus. So I can stop saying Scottish Bastards multiple times every episode. <laughs> or, or if recommended by Mazza, I just say Gallus the Scottish Bastards. <laughs> so he's still in the name, just as like a sublet. Or the Scottish Bastards Callus. <laughs> so I can still say it. Uh, but yeah, so also uh, Wolfie uh, will be facing Travis Banks who popped up for Return Hello. He'll be facing him uh, in the next episode of the main event. I'm checking my notes. Yes, he is. In the next, yeah, the next episode main event is Travis Banks versus Wolfgang. So, yeah. Travis Banks returning after getting beat up because in real life he got injured. And nice angle. Cool. Uh, after this, we've got an interview with, with uh, Jordan Devlin. I've written a joke of Finn-Jordan Devlin just as a little, oh, Finn, oh, wait, no, it's not. It's Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah get an interview with him just talking about how confident he is in cocky you don't talk about how cocky he's getting but you get that vibe from him and Flash Morgan how he's going to beat Flash Morgan Webster essentially uh, and the interesting thing for me is the kind of way they did this I don't remember them doing it last week it might be just drawing a blank but they seem to interview them we've got the NXT UK symbol in the background and it's interviewing them like they would at like a sports thing so you see them do it in Japan uh, where it's in front of the advertising advertising board. See, so it's sports as well. Where they're being interviewed, and behind them got the advertisement logos, and they seem to do that, but with the NXT logo there. Where, where I don't know if they're allowed. I don't know if how WWE works, where they could get logos on there. But NXT UK is obviously not. I don't know, I'm not sure how big it is <laughs> for people to want to put their stuff on there. But yeah, I like. I much preferred that to the other interviews they've been doing. That's a personal thing. Oh, and. I've recognised the voice of the man asking the questions. I wanted to say it was Glenn Murray, but that could be bollocks. So I'm just going to say I preferred this interviewer to the uh, throw bow combo guy. <laughs> just, he's the kind of he's kind of on camera interviewer, and also there's something really children's presentery about him. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, that's the kind of vibe I'm getting now. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the surprise. I kind of wanted to say I don't know if, I didn't know if I was forgetting a match but I still kind of want to say that I really like this match this is up there for the match of the week for the network match of the week this is right up there I'll decide by the end of the mat, end of the show mentally whether it definitely is but yeah an amazing back and forth match between Mark Andrews and Fabian Eichner so we got Wales versus Italy uh, seriously where did this match come from <laughs> it really is up there for the match of the week or for the network uh, reversals galore uh, Eichner upping the ante as he struggles to put Andrews away uh, and said Welshman made the Italian look like a beast bumping like a madman you know, also Andrews the kind of story of the match was Andrews uh, kept pulling out quick moves to get the bigger man uh, to ground the bigger man and he came close himself a couple of times to winning uh, in the end of the match uh, Eichner lost his call and flung Andrews into the steps you know, if, then back into the wing for a tilt world power bomb. One, two, three. Really good match. <laughs> Highly recommend you check this one out. Uh, um, again, I think I've spent way too much time on NXT. Went into way too much detail. <laughs> Some of the stuff. But uh, yeah, highly recommend you check out this match. I don't have time. I'm already 35 minutes in. <laughs> I don't have time <laughs> to tell you how much I enjoyed this match. But yes, check this one out. Really good match. And good debut on NXT UK fight as well, obviously. Uh, after this, um, I think this is when we got the promo package, or I'll just say it is. Uh, we got a promo package for Isla Dawn, mysteriously walking by a church looking all gothic. Uh, then we cut to Nina Samuels making her entrance for the match of Nina Samuels versus Isla Dawn. Uh, as soon as Nina Samuels walks out, 
you know it's going to happen. NXT is the only show where the jobbers get an entrance. <laughs> well, they've got the jobber wrestlers, so it's the kind of like old school WWE where you'd see like like Borowitz was it? <laughs> or yeah, I want to say Borowitz when he walked down to the ring. It's like jobbers getting an entrance. Hey, <laughs> so same thing here. Um, personally, I don't really get Isla Dawn at the moment. Like she's all right. Uh, however, this kind of story and her kind of push feels like they're bigging up a first contender for Ripley to beat. So I guess she's a good choice in that regards. Um, so it doesn't. I've seen a lot of people kind of complaining that they don't really get Isla Dawn and she's getting this big push. But personally, I kind of see it more as, well, we need Ripley to beat somebody. <laughs> and there are quite a few people who could legitimately be like, top contenders and don't want them to get beat like immediately too quickly. What about this 25-year-old who's still figuring things out and the experience would be really good for her? Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that. <laughs> well, to me, there's like, what's the downside? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, anyway, uh, Ida did hit an amazing, snazzy-looking suplex for the win. Big thumbs up for that. <laughs> that was a really good move. Uh, I feel like, for me, the, like the, there's something just not quite working with the gimmick. Uh, and personally, the pose on the stairs, uh, maybe it's the music or something, but it just it doesn't quite work. That Maybe, maybe it's the presentation or the editing or something. Yeah, something's not quite right. <laughs> in the presentation of Isla Dawn with, in terms of the NXT UK stuff uh, but again uh, that might just be me I don't uh, I have seen people complaining but they're kind of my thoughts on it there's nothing wrong with giving a young wrestler a lot of this big experience and to help her yeah big experience for her what's the issue that's my personal thought that's, that's pretty much what this is for Ray Ripley to be fair <laughs> like her gaining some good experience <laughs> so yeah uh, next up Eddie Dennis versus Tucker aka oh, poor Tucks uh, Eddie Dennis continues his gradual rise. Uh, yeah, he pretty much just dominated. Uh, Tucker put in a good offence for a little bit, I think. But no, Eddie Dennis wins. Pretty short order. Uh, follows up the seven bridge with the next stop driver for another win. Which kind of seems to be his motto for these matches. Then on to the main event. Uh, Jordan Devlin versus Flash Morgan Webster. Wales versus... I Well, can't really say it. Ireland versus Wales this time. <laughs> the country's beginning with I versus Wales. Uh, Devlin showed moments of control and dominance, uh, his ever-growing confidence coming out here, uh, even hitting flashy standing moonsaults and stuff. Uh, however, this is when uh, this is uh, Morgan Webster's domain when he starts going in there, and he managed to rally back into the match whenever Devlin got too cocky, which was a story that kept happening. Uh, in the end, that nearly cost the Irishman. Uh, Webster uh, in, in, had him down, he climbed to the top rope, but Devlin just managed to get his knees up when Webster went for a swanton, uh, and then he lifted him, up, lifted him up onto his shoulders and then spun him back, spun him down in that awesome finisher thing. Uh, I think it's a move I've seen Masawa do, but I'm not nerdy enough to remember its name. <laughs> so whatever that is called, it, it's awesome and I love the way the, the, that his opponent just rotates in midair after he lifts them. Yeah, an awesome looking finisher. It's great impact. Uh, speaking of great impact, also Devin hit an absolutely beautifully devastating like pull-up snap suplex thing. Like, uh, Morgan Webster was kind of down on the ground with his arm up, and then Devlin pulled him up via the arm, caught him in a, like a snap suplex, like snap saito kind of thing, and looked amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, a really, really good main event. Uh, Jordan Devlin really is becoming a bit of a standout for NXT UK. Uh, he's turning a lot of people to his side, which is normally a sign things are working. Uh, they've showcased him really hard, to be fair. <laughs> like they've re- the NXT UK seem, the like people behind it seem to have realised that this guy is something. And I've been building him in the perfect way. Uh, I will say there was also a like a backstage thing with Flash Morgan Webster, 
and he uh, something he was doing the like in front of the advertising boards and then he got interrupted by yeah and they went over to Fabian Eichner who had dissed Mark Andrews essentially uh, and Flashmogger Webster cut a very non-tone changing promo again <laughs> she's a theme here uh, on uh, Eichner and Eichner's just like what you got a problem with me mate show me in the ring blah 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 <laughs> that was him walking off. <laughs> Some reason like a Mario character. I prefer, oh, that was, I just realised I'd done the Italian. That was, I didn't even mean that. <laughs> oh, I've done the noise of the Italian wrestler walking off like he's a Mario character. I didn't even mean. <laughs> oh, hopefully he does not listen to this show. <laughs> anyway, yeah, really good main event. At least my... Uh, I think it's between that and the uh, Andrews versus Eichner match from earlier. It's between those two. I'll decide by the end of this one. Episode, I've written episode 14, I think that's right, we get two, we get two every week. Uh, so we start off episode 14 of NXT UK with Joseph Connors versus Dan Maloney. And in my notes it says, Nottingham, 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 Nottingham. <laughs> which is an amazing football chant, <laughs> which has not made it into the show because they don't film in Nottingham. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, come to Nottingham NXT UK. We've got arenas we might go to. <laughs> but yeah, um, Maloney put in a decent showing, but in the end, Connor's won with a buckle bomb and the finisher he calls the Don't Look Down. Yep. Pretty much a jobber thing, and Connor's got his win. And you got to hear my amazing singing. <laughs> so let's, let's quickly move on. <laughs> don't have to think about that for too long. Uh, Wild Boar Mitch. Just try that again. Wild Boar, I've still, I've still just blown away by my singing. Uh, Wild Boar, Mike Hitchman versus Bomber Dave Mastiff. Yeah, the nicknames of big lads. We've got big lads doing big lad wrestling things. This is your, this is your match. If, if you like big lad wrestling, this is your big lad wrestling things match of the week. Uh, lots of stiff shots from both big lads. Uh, in the end, uh, it was kind of an even match in that sense. Both guys were like, we're big and strong. Ah. Uh, in the end, Mastiff won out and he was able to hit his incredible cannonball for the win. I've not really paid attention whenever they said the name of it. I've not wound it back to go like cannonball or bomber ball or something. Uh, I'm assuming there's a bomber pun in its name, whatever it's called. Uh, and one, two, three, and bomber Dave Mastiff won. Also, the crowd popped really hard for that win, <laughs> which was really interesting to see. Really interesting to hear that. Yeah, they they really liked him. <laughs> Huge pop over in Plymouth. Uh, and then we also got I'm not sure about the order again I've just written it down in my notes uh, there was a backstage interview with Dave Mastiff talking about uh, Hitchman being a great wrestler but he, Dave Mastiff he's on his way to the top uh, the interesting thing I think it was this promo unless I completely forgot what I mean. uh, when Dave Mastiff walked away off camera he then saw that uh, there were some stairs behind him and at the top of the stairs was Eddie Dennis dressed in all black just standing there looking and then he just slowly walked away he <laughs> was just like oh it was, he was there the entire time just watching and then he just walked off and for me that was a really good part but like visual storytelling <laughs> it's just really well done <laughs> like you know immediately that Eddie Dennis has got an issue with Dave Mastiff and the way he's climbing the ranks it's just like that was really good <laughs> and really subtle he didn't need to say a word and you immediately understood what the story was here <laughs> it's just like oh, this, that's good and you see NXT doing that as well and you're like why can't the main roster do this <laughs> so a really good storytelling uh, with these just two Tyson T-Bone making his NXT UK debut uh, he said he's, well does the NXT UK championship tournaments count as NXT UK I've, I've not really counted them <laughs> like the NXT 
gay is like the problem for me. Unless he was also on those two weeks I didn't watch uh, around Survivor Series. Then disregard that. Anyway, it was Tyson T-Bone versus El Ligero. A, a nice pop for the Mexican Prince of Leeds. Uh, the story of this match, uh, T-Bone outpowered the Luchador, especially in the early stages, but Ligero kept flying back in and hitting stuff like a sliced bread or a nice flip. <laughs> uh, T-Bone would always power his way back in, uh, especially when he hit a tasty-looking exploded suplex into the corner. Uh, but in the end, El Ligero won with a top rope splash for the surprise win. Uh, again, there's something... I really like El Ligero, but his performances in NXT UK have not really shown me why I like him so much. Uh, I think part of that is the presentation, where you really get behind El Ligero, especially I love the way that he's presented in Progress, where he he's in the ring and he sometimes would have jokes written which he would give to the announcer, and the announcer would read them out, and the, to the disdain of the heel opposite him, or the face when El Ligero himself was a heel. Uh, yes, he was. It worked really well. <laughs> uh, hit up Vine Leaf on Twitter. Bloody tell you, heel Ligero in with the, the banter stuff with uh, Nathan Watsit <laughs> and and Dave Mastiff. Yeah, El Ligero was in a stable with Dave Mastiff, and it was brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really like that side of El Ligero's character because it just kind of shows off the cheekiness of him, and I think that really works. While you're not really getting any of that here, it, it's not really. The only time you've heard him speak was when it was him using his just proper Leeds voice, go, hi, I'm El Ligero, I'm from Leeds. <laughs> it's just a really weird way of presenting him. <laughs> this is my personal thing. I, I like the idea of, the kind of way I've seen it work, this is just the way I've taken it, is he's, he's built from Mexico, but everyone knows he's just a bloke from Leeds. And that's the kind of in-joke of it, in a way. <laughs> like, he is this amazing luchador wrestler, um, and he, but he's not... He's from Leeds. <laughs> and the kind of in-joke is you treat him as a Mexican whilst also knowing, no, he's actually from Leeds, but I'm telling he is actually Mexican. Uh, it's, everyone's in on it, and it works that way. <laughs> so maybe that's what that opening thing was, was just blatantly say from Leeds so everybody knows that we could do this stuff later. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if they will. Uh, but yeah, it, it was, it, again, well, maybe El has been built up in the background whilst other people get this time, but El is kind of feeling like a mid-card of Fernity UK. Uh, the interesting thing, I've not. Well, we know the NXT UK contracts obviously will make a difference on the UK scene, but I don't know who's on what level. My assumption is El Ligero's on like I think it's that second level where he's allowed to wrestle with certain companies who like aren't their enemy or <laughs> whatever. Uh, and it did say in there that they are allowed to wrestle for like WWE things, so I don't know if that counts as ITW in progress, especially. With the news of them, not the news, with the kind of rumours of the branding of, or the levelling, the tier system, that's what we're looking for, the tier system of, an, of the network, maybe including stuff like ICW and Progress on there, which as a UK fan, that would be awesome to have everything in one spot, uh, especially as I keep forgetting to check up on ICW. I'm, I'm meant to watch Fear and Loathing live from the Hydro, and I've just not. <laughs> I'm meaning to do it. I'll try and do it before I next have Clive on, which is in 2019. <laughs> so I'll try my best. Uh, anyway, next up, we got Ray Ripley versus Candy Floss. Uh, earlier on, there was a thing with Ripley and uh, Johnny Saint was there and the Frobro combo guy was there as well. Uh, and Ray Ripley was... Oh, no, he was in... That was it. <laughs> I probably remember the context of it. They were talking to Isla Dawn and then about her maybe moving up the ranks and uh, maybe facing Ray Ripley and Ray Ripley just come completely tuttered at the notion in facing her. It's <laughs> just like, ugh. Uh, and I can't remember what happened, but 
I think next up, Ray Ripley was meant. Uh, she for some reason she got to choose her opponent as, as long as it was like a match. She got to choose her opponent, or her mat, or it was an unknown debuting opponent she had a match with. It was one of the two. I zoned out. <laughs> I've not written down on the notes. I just remembered it happening. So over the setup, Ray Ripley came out, uh, and then you hear the music of Candy Floss, a young up and coming wrestler on the UK scene, uh, who's got quite a lot of backing behind him in such a short amount of time. Kind of like Minnie McKenzie. There, I put. But in my head, I put them in the same bracket. I guess she fits with Jai Brookside as well, in like the young female talent who's seemingly making impressing people really quickly at such a young age. Uh, anyway, Candy Floss did surprise people where she took down the champion with a drop kick early on. Uh, but obviously, in the end, the stronger lass got to beating the crap out of the littler one. Uh, in the end, pump out a power bomb for the win, and the champion wins. Uh, however, Candy Floss did put in a good performance, and Ripley seemed to have noticed that. Uh, when she did the obvious feigning of respect and then hit her opponent from behind. And he's watching going out at the time like, no, uh, I guess you're going to have to learn the hard way, 18-year-old candy floss. <laughs> you're young, you'll learn from this. <laughs> Trust me, it's good for you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was my response. I was, I was pissing about. when. Yeah, it's a, it's a long day. <laughs> this is the last thing I watched. <laughs> By this point, I'm kind of making my own fun sometimes. <laughs> Just because I'm tired. All right, main event, Wolfgang versus Travis Banks. Yeah. Uh, Got the big Scott versus the good at kicking Kiwi. Although I say Athletic Scott, I think. Athletic Scott versus the good at kicking Kiwi. (laughs) Easy for me to say. Um, This was a relatively exciting match up until a point, up until a certain point. Um, Because it didn't take long for the outside forces to come into play, uh, especially like right towards the end, but it's just pure chaos on the outside between first off the Coffee Brothers who started interfering, then. Trent Seven and Tyler Bate from British, from British Strong Style, of course, their Mustache Mountain as well. Uh, they came down to even the odds. Uh, the Mustache Mountain evened uh, the odds with the chaos ensuing on the outside. Uh, and in that chaos, the referee got distracted. Wolfgang had uh, lifted up Travis Banks, which when Trent Seven, what well, some reason was by the ropes, I can't remember why. Uh, Trent Seven then grabbed the ankle of Wolfgang, forcing uh, Travis Banks to fall on top and get the surprise pin. One, two, three. And it was one of those where the match was building nicely, then interfering happened, and he felt the odds were against Travis Banks, and then they were evened out with a nice pop for the Mustache Mountain coming down, and then he got the surprise trip as well. <laughs> so uh, I think I liked the response. I think I must have misheard Nigel McGuinness because my immediate response was I thought I heard him saying when they as like I thought I heard him. His, I thought I heard him. <laughs> I need to figure out how to introduce this sentence. I thought I heard Nigel McGuinness in his like automatic response being, "Oh, none of that," <laughs> which is, I thought that was really funny. <laughs> that can't have been what he said. He must have said, "Not like that," <laughs> like not like that. Don't win like that with essentially cheating. But I, I prefer to think his immediate reaction was pretty much just going, "Oh, none of that," <laughs> just suddenly getting dad or or fatherhood about him. It's like, "Oh, I won't be doing that, son," <laughs> which I really prefer. Uh, and that was how we ended the show, with a cheeky win for Travis Banks, assumably teaming up with Mustache Mountain, which would allow Pete Dunne to defend his title and not get involved in something that too much... Well, he's involved because, of course, the British Strong Style link, but he is able to defend his title and do other things because you've now got your three men. So I guess Travis Banks is an unofficial member of British Strong Style. Yeah, you can play that up because he's not British. <laughs> play that up with the New Zealand thing. Uh, just like, yeah, yeah, we're going to be teaming with you, but you're not officially a British strong style guy. Uh, anyway, that is that set up things nicely. I, I know, um, like, when I was talking to, like, Leaf and Mazza and Mav about it uh, uh, earlier, 
that I wasn't sure. Like it felt like setup the entire time with those early NXT UK episodes. There wasn't really much to sink your teeth properly into. But yeah, things over the past like four, five, four, five, six weeks have really started to get more and more developed, and there's a lot more to sink your teeth into now. And I've been really enjoying NXT UK. Uh, these pa- these past few episodes I've really enjoyed. So highly recommend you check them out. Uh, especially in my uh, running down of if you've only got a certain amount of time, then I would recommend... I'm looking over NXT. There's not really anything on NXT which I would 100% recommend unless you care about story. <laughs> then it was a very big story episode, especially the main event of it. Uh, there was a really fun main event for the Lucha House Party, but not a blow-away match, just really fun. However, for me personally... The two matches of the week fall down to either Mark Andrews versus Fabian Eichner or Jordan Devlin versus Flash Morgan Webster. Personally, I will say the first NXT UK match of the week really surprised me. Because <laughs> I'm kind of used to like a slightly slower start. But for me, this was the network match of the week. So my recommendation, Mark Andrews versus Fabian Eichner. If you don't have much time and you really want to see like the best stuff of the network of the week, yep, your match of the week, Mark Andrews versus Fabian Eichner. Brilliant match. And Fabio Aigner is not Mario. <laughs> I just want to make that clear so he doesn't hunt me down. Uh, and that brings me to the end of the show. Yeah, I am back next Thursday, obviously. But please do check out the other Laws of Pain radio shows. Uh, tomorrow you've got Mav, Plan and Mazza on the right side of the pond. Or at least two or one or whatever. Uh, Saturdays is the WWF Legacy Series Day. However, they are on hiatus, so you're getting random stuff. Uh, that'll be every Saturday. Uh, Sunday is Steve's show all about the game. Um... It's whenever he's able to do it. And of course, you've also got the specials he does with Plan, uh, looking, uh, looking back at stuff. And of course, there's the Aftershocks whenever they're on. Uh, your new Monday show, I've said this last week, is it still new? <laughs> it's been on for a while. Uh, your Monday night show is Kingdom of Honor with Jan Man and his friend Jeff talking about Ring of Honor, New Japan, uh, that other one, NWA. <laughs> I just refer to NWA as that other one. <laughs> I'm definitely a millennial. Uh, uh, yeah, but their show talking about stuff, uh, that's on Mondays. Kingdom of Honor. Uh, Tuesdays is Global Revolution and immediately after Smackdown Live are Rich and James with the One Nation Radio. Uh, I've completely forgot something. <laughs> so yeah. Next up, Plan. We'll be taking over with Sports Entertainment is Dead. Taking over? Plan is doing Sports Entertainment is Dead and it's good. I don't know why I've written Taking Over. That must have been from a former notes thing. I'm not edited right. <laughs> uh, Plan has been doing specials with Maverick on the Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins story. Uh, part 2 came out this week. Highly recommend you listen. And then of course Thursdays, you're back with me. With maybe the last proper formatted show of the year. <laughs> you get into random Christmas time stuff where it's specials disguising the fact I've not had time to watch things by doing specials. <laughs> it's my cheeky way. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for listening. And we'll be back at the round the same time next week. This is a tight edit. I've had to record really late. <laughs> so it's a really tight edit and release. So, again, sorry if there's any like sound weird things. I just didn't have time to edit it properly. Anyway, with all of that said, I bid you adieu. Adios. Adios. <laughs>